0: We are not taking long today. I really want us to be out of this place by half past nine. So that people can go and uh, drink the Fanta and exchange the presents. Possibly do some barbecue, some braai. I don't know what you are prepared to do. But I want you to understand and know that I am grateful that you came to church. Amen. And welcome to all my friends who are, who are in church. I know if I begin to say, please stand, some of you will say, ah, Pastor MacDuff." So just know that I've seen you. You're welcome to church. Amen? I'll see you right at the end of the service. Before I read the scripture that we are going to look at, there is a thought that came in my head the past few days and again today, this morning. And uh, I know other people may say, uh, But I was just thinking that if Adam and Eve didn't sin in the Garden of Eden, we wouldn't have Christmas. Do you agree with me? If Adam and Eve did not sin in the Garden of Eden, there would be no Christmas do you agree or you don't agree? But this thing has been on my head for the whole of this week, and I, and I was actually asking myself whether well, maybe I'm doing some blasphemy here. But I will come to that. So I just just want you to understand that, amen. Let's go to John chapter three. We're going to read verse sixteen to twenty-one. John three. 16 to 21. And then I'll explain why why I've been thinking the way I've been thinking. John 3, chapter 16 to 21. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be served. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is a condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clear clearly seen that they have been done in God. Amen? And, I, and I'm, I'll refer to the other scriptures, but, but this scripture to me has made a lot of sense as I've been thinking about what I just said. Actually, I was thinking if Adam and Eve did not sin, we wouldn't be killing all the chickens we have killed. All the goats that have been killed. All the cows that have, that have died. <laughs> that have been killed. And everything else. And there's a reason why I've been thinking about this. And it made me think even a bit more. That God. Why, why didn't you just forgive Adam and Eve? After they disobeyed you and sinned in the garden of Eden, why, why couldn't you just forgive them and, and just let this thing be sorted out? We could have all been born in the garden. Hallelujah. We could have not we, we could have all been born in the garden of Eden. We wouldn't even be struggling to think where is the where was the Garden of Eden and anything else? We couldn't. We could have just had good life. Amen? But then something came up in my mind that forgiveness does not change the result of what a person has done. Hallelujah. And I will explain. To the point that even if God forgave Adam and Eve, Sin would still have dominion over them. Certain would still be the God of this world. And their children would still be conceived in sin and be brought forth in iniquity as David says in Psalm 51 verse 5. In sin did my mother conceive me. And the death sentence, the condemnation would still hang over their heads and the head of every person that was going to be born from that day forward. So the Lord has made me understand that aside forgiveness, apart from the forgiveness that Adam and Eve needed when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, there was something that needed to happen and it's called redemption. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is not redemption. Forgiveness deals with your past. Forgiveness deals with something else wrong that you have done. So when when God told Adam and Eve of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, you shall not eat. And the devil came and deceived Eve and convinced her to eat of that tree. And the Bible tells us that she took of that tree and went and gave it to her husband and the husband was not even forced to eat of the fruit of the tree. He ate. That action alone brought in sin. Hallelujah. That that action alone brought in sin. That action alone brought in one act of disobedience. Just one act of disobedience made Adam and Eve no longer to be in a kind of relationship that they had with God. Hallelujah. And because of that, God still had to do something and they needed redemption because redemption is the act of recovering something that was lost. Hallelujah. Something was lost and somebody may ask, what was lost? What was lost? We are the ones that was lost. We are the ones that were lost. Everybody to be born after them was born lost. And, and, and nobody needs to ask any question and say, please, can you prove to me that people are lost? I think the examples are plenty. The illustrations are plenty. But the point is that Adam's disobedience sold all humanity into the bondage of sin and the bondage of Satan. Just that act of disobedience. The act of disobedience that Adam and Eve did in the garden of Eden. sowed all humanity. sowed every human being. Born after them. Into the bondage of sin and the bondage of humanity. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 3 says. For that says the Lord. You have sold yourselves for nothing. And you shall be redeemed without money. So that act was not going to be redeemed with money. Something else needed to be used to redeem these ones that had sold themselves. And actually the apostle Paul writes in Romans 7 verse 14 says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. What is he talking about? He's talking about the time that as, as Saul, he tried to please God by the law before he came to Christ. And it's amazing that in this day and age, there are still people who think they can please Christ by following the law without understanding that it's by grace we are saved. Hallelujah. In Adam, all of us, Born after them, we were sold under sin into the kingdom of darkness. Colossians 1 verse 13. And that being sold into the kingdom of darkness by that act that Eve and Adam did in the garden of Eden, we who were born after them, we could never redeem ourselves. Because the Bible tells us you shall be redeemed without money. Though you have sold yourselves for nothing, you shall be redeemed without money. So I want us to understand that we were the ones, the whole of humanity, everybody born after Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel and David, and everyone else who was born after them was sold in sin. And they could not redeem themselves without money. So who were we lost to then? If we were lost like that, we were lost to God. Hallelujah. The Bible is very clear in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. That God, when God created man, God created man in his image And when he created man in his image, it was for his glory. Every human being, the reason why we are born on planet earth is that we should glorify God. Hallelujah. In anything that we do, is that we should glorify God. In Genesis 1.26, this is what the Bible says. Verse 26a. Then God said, let us. Make man in our image. According to our likeness. Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. Mankind. Yourself and myself. When God made this statement. It meant that we were. Mankind was to be a flesh. And blood manifestation of the invisible God. That when people look at us. They could be able to say, I have seen God. It's amazing that to this day when you do something for somebody else and they were at their wit's end and you bless them and you just come through for them, they actually say, I have seen God through him or I have seen God through her. That act needed to be an act that carried on and on and on and on and on. on on. We were to be the ones that when people look at us, they could say, yes, you are flesh. Yes, you are blood. But you are the manifestation of the invisible God. In Adam's disobedience, we lost that image. We lost the image of God. And immediately, we took on the image of the serpent. Why do I say so? Because in First John chapter 3, verse 8 and verse 10, the Bible says, He who sins... Is of the devil, and I can acknowledge this morning, including the pastor in front. If I say I have never sinned, then the truth is not in me. Hallelujah! Says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So the Bible says, He who sins is of the devil, and he carries on and says, For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now, there is good news that follows that. It says, for this purpose. Which purpose? For this reason. Which reason? The reason that he who sins is of the devil. The reasons that the devil has sinned from the beginning. For that reason, for that reason, the Bible says, The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. The reason why we say Merry Christmas is because the one that was born on a day like this, he was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. It's not just about Fanta. It's not just about bry. It's not just about Coke. It's not just about all these other nice things that we will do today. But the reason why he came is that the works of the devil might be destroyed. And in verse 10 he carries on. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are man first. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. So he says in this, children of God and children of the devil a man first. Something needed to happen that would separate you and would separate me from those that have made a decision they will continue to live in sin. Speaking to Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, Jesus said these words, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to serve That which was lost. Who was lost? You were lost. I was lost. The son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's why I keep on saying, no matter man can try to run away from God, you cannot run away from the voice of God. Because he will seek you. He will look for you. You can try to go under the waters The voice of God will follow you there. You can try to go into the skies. The voice of God will follow you there. There is a point when man says, why am I running away from God? We were lost. Hallelujah. So he's speaking of us as being lost to God. And there's something called redemption. Redemption restores to God that which was lost to him. Hallelujah. Apostle John writes. In Revelation chapter 5. Verse 9 to 10. It says. And they sang a new song. Saying. You are worthy to take the scroll. And to open its seals. For you were slain. And have redeemed to us. You have redeemed us to God. By your blood. Out of every tribe and every tongue, and every people, and every nation. When I read that scripture, I said, ah, oh God, you also had Malawi in mind. For we are a nation. For we are a people. Hallelujah. And, and 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 the Bible says, because of the blood, because it's not only about the birth, not long from now, come March, come April, we will be celebrating Easter. And Easter was the fulfillment of the birth that we are celebrating today. The reason why he was born was that he should save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Since you've redeemed us to God, we were lost to God. And you've redeemed us, you've taken us back to God. And how have you done that? By your blood. By your blood. And you have done this, taking into account every tribe, every Chewa, every Manganja, every Yao, every Lome, every Tumbuka, every Tonga, every, every, every one of them. You have taken them from out of your every tribe. By your blood from every tongue, whether you speak Chichewa, whether you speak Chitonga, whether you speak Chitumbuka, whether you speak Chisena, by the blood of Christ was shed that you can be taken from every tribe, every nation, every people, and every every place and every tongue back to God. And that could only be done through the shed blood of Christ. And in verse 10, I love it. He says, and have made us kings. You've made us priests to our God. And we shall reign on earth. I, I love that part. That our reigning is not only in heaven. The Bible says when he came. Like the way we are celebrating today was that we should be made kings and priests to our God. And when we've been made kings and priests to our God is that we should reign on earth which is exactly Genesis chapter 126 when he created man in his image after his likeness he said so that they may have dominion. By the birth of Christ our dominion is restored once again. Romans 8, 29 to 30 declares, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So if he was the firstborn, by God's grace, we have got three children. And we have a firstborn. But the fact that we have a firstborn does not take away the fact somebody else is a secondborn. Because they were also born. Hallelujah. And it does not take away the fact that we have a third born. Because the third one was also born. And the Bible tells us that because of Christ, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined that they should be conformed to the image of this son that he, Christ, Might be the firstborn among many brethren. That means there is a second born. There is a third born. There is one millionth born. There is seven millionth born. There may be somebody who is one billionth born. But along that line. All these guys that understand and know. He came to seek and serve them. They are born. And they are counted in the family of God. Verse 30 says. Moreover. Whom he predestined. These he also called, Hallelujah! It says these he also called. Can somebody please take care of Tommy? These he also called, and he says, "Whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified." And I love that part. That the reason why we were predestined, the Bible says, when we were predestined. We were called and we were not only called, we were justified. We were not only justified, but we were also glorified. And all that had to happen because Christ was born. And as God was in Christ, now he is also in the redeemed. Paul writes in First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and this is what he said, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the word, received up in glory. Amen? It says God once again was manifested in the flesh. But how? Through Christ. Through the birth and the death of Jesus. What we celebrate today is just the beginning of the story. So when we were lost to God, who took possession of that which was lost? Who took possession of us? As I said already, sin and certain. All over, a sudden became the Lord's over all humanity. Sin and Satan. They became the lords over all humanity. To this day, sin continues to rule. To this day, Satan continues to rule. And somehow the devil became the possessor of what once belonged to God. Somehow, sin became the possessor of that which once belonged to God. And then God came up with a plan that just as. He sent Moses to deliver Israel from slavery in Egypt. God sent his only begotten son to deliver us from the slavery of sin. When we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating our redemption. We are celebrating our being set free from sin. But it's amazing that Whilst others are busy celebrating how they are being set free from sin, they even sin the more. John three, thirty John eight, thirty-four declares, Jesus answered them. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And I don't need to go. Much deeper than that. You know when you sin, you just all of a sudden become a slave. You have no peace. You have no joy. And redemption delivers us from that bondage. To the point that Paul writes to Titus in Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. To how many men? All men. To how many men? Amen. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. I was telling, I think my wife or somebody else within the week. I said, you know what? This week as I've been thinking about these things, I've been made to understand one thing. I think there's nobody, nobody, absolutely nobody, who will say, I never heard of you, Lord Jesus. The answer is going to be Christmas. The answer is going to be Christmas. Christmas. Because anywhere in the world today, it's on BBC, it's on CNN, it's on Zodiac, it's on NBC, it's on Times, it's, it's on Al Jazeera, it's everywhere. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And even though people can say happy Christmas or merry Christmas or happy holidays, but everybody understands that the reason why we are celebrating Christmas is about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And people ask and say, why was he born? To come and save people from their sins. So he says, the grace of God that brings salvation. Has appeared to all men. And today we can celebrate and say Lord thank you. For the grace of the grace. The grace that brings salvation. Has appeared to all men. Teaching us. That denying ungodliness. And worldly lusts. We should live soberly. We should live righteously. And godly. In the present age. It means in this present age. H, we can live godly lives. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. It says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So once we are served, we are not just served and it ends there, but we are here today. Looking, looking forward to the glorious appearing of our Lord, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that because he was born and because he went to the Father and because we understand about Christmas and we gave our lives to him. One day, one day, one day, he will come back and take us home. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, who gave himself for us? That he might redeem us from every lawless deed. And purify for himself his own special people. zealous for good works. That's why we can say we are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A people of God. Why? Because Christ redeemed us from every iniquity. And every lawless deed. And when he redeemed us, he redeemed us to himself. And that's why the angel told Joseph when Joseph was busy thinking should I leave her privately and not bring shame upon her and God had to come in and send the angel Gabriel to speak to Joseph and this is what he said to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, 20b to verse 21. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you marry your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will serve his people from their sins. You shall call his name Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus. Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. That's the reason why Christ came. Calvary, when we talk about the cross of Calvary, was not just about paying a debt of sin. It was about delivering us from sin itself. That we can live godly lives. That our lives can glorify God. So finally, what does it take to restore what was lost to the one it was lost to? We were lost, and we were lost to God. But what does it take? What was required? To redeem that which was lost is called the ransom. It's called the ransom. The ransom is the cost of redemption. The ransom is a cost of redemption. This is what the scriptures declares in First Timothy chapter 2, 5 to 6. And I want you to listen to this very clearly. Look at me. It says, for there is one God. Hallelujah. How many gods? One God. It says, for there is one God. Now, I want you to see the next part. It says, and one mediator. How many mediators? One. That means there is no other mediator. There is only one. One God, and there is only one mediator. And the Scripture carries on. It says, "For there is only one God, and there is only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus." There is only one mediator. There is only only one, only one who can go stand before God between God and man. And then he carries on in verse six. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. What is the due time now? When is the due time next year? When is the due time the other year? When is the due time last year? Every year we celebrate Christmas. We testify that there is only one mediator between God and man. And this mediator is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And you and cannot get any clearer than that. I don't want to start a religious war. But I want you to understand, according to the scriptures, there is only one God and there is only one mediator between God and man. And this mediator is called the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom, a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And I want you to understand that a ransom does not necessarily speak of a payment to someone. I know sometimes there was a time in, uh, I think in Somalia, when uh, the pirates would, would, would uh, hijack a ship and uh, then they would call the ship owner and say, your captain and your sailors are in our custody. You need to pay this amount of money as a ransom. That is not a ransom. I will show you what a ransom looks like. That was not a ransom. That was a payment. Because a ransom has no money attached to it. And, and when you talk of a ransom, it always speaks of what it costs to redeem something. In World War II, millions of allied soldiers, America, United Kingdom, And all these other countries. They died on a battlefield. Fighting the Nazis. If you have read your history. Their blood. The blood. Which. They shared. Those who were killed. On the battlefield. Their blood. Was the ransom. That was required. To deliver the world from the tyranny of Hitler. It was not going to be money. Hitler was not looking for money. Hitler was not looking for anything else. The demon that was operating behind Hitler. Was not looking for money. that, That one. The only thing that could deal with it. Was a ransom. There was some blood that needed to be shed. For the world to be delivered from the tyranny of Hitler. Hallelujah. And even so, the blood of Christ was the ransom that was required to destroy Satan and to deliver us from all sin and all iniquity. And the good news is that it was not paid to anyone. It was not paid to anyone. You will never read in the Bible. That they took the blood of Christ. And go and pay the devil. It's not written in the Bible. The only thing I know is that. His death. Was the great cost. It took. To destroy. Satan, So that no one. Has to be a slave to sin. So that no one. Has to be a slave to certain any longer because Christ shared his blood to make us free. And therefore we can shout, We are redeemed. The blood of goats and booze could not do that. In Psalm 107, verse 1 to 3, as I begin to close, it declares, All give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. And you find it again in Psalm 136. But in Psalm 107, in verse 2 he says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What should the redeemed of the Lord say Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good; for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for His good; for His mercy endures forever. He says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and the south." And Apostle Paul tells us in verse seven of Colossians chapter, uh, in Ephesians one seven and Colossians one four. He says. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins or the forgiveness from sins. According to the of his glory. And Jesus declares in Luke chapter 4, 18 to 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to the captives recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And these things Christ spoke when he was born. The day he was unveiled that he is the savior of all mankind. And with that understanding on this Christmas you may be wallowing, struggling, in poverty. But it says he says be, he became poor. So that we might become rich. he says I've come to preach good news. To the poor. You may have come this far. In the year 2020. And you're broken hearted. But I want you to understand. He came to heal the broken hearted. You may have come this far. And you're being held captive. In a certain area of your life. This Christmas. He came. To proclaim liberty to the captives. You may, you may have been blind in some area of your life. But this Christmas he came to give recovery of sight to the blind. You may have been oppressed in some way this year. But this Christmas he came to set liberty those who are oppressed. You may have come and we are wondering Lord for how long. But he says I have come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I want you to understand and know that Jesus came not only to forgive sin, but he came to redeem and to restore us to God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This Christmas, somebody can make a decision and say, I want to have eternal life. This Christmas, somebody can say, I want my freedom. I want my healing. I want to be set free. Why did God do all these things? It's because you and I matter so much to God. That he had to go through a rescue mission. To find us. He came. On planet earth as a little baby. So that one day. He could die on a wooden cross. On a mount called Calvary. For your sins. He was not born just to have good time. And when you read. And you, you understand Christmas in this way. You begin to understand that the Christmas story reveals your value. When you have misplaced something, you're not concerned that much. But when you have lost something and you begin to look for it, it just speaks a lot about the value. And I want you to understand that God loves you enough that when you were lost, God had to send his very, very, very best. And his very best that he could give is called Jesus. And when he sent his very best was to get you back home. And no matter what happens in your life, I want you to never forget this one thing. That you matter to God. Somebody tell me I matter to God. I matter to God. And because you matter to God. This, what I've shared with you, is the Christmas story. So when you look at the heart of Christmas... The heart of Christmas is a redemption. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank and bless your holy name. We are grateful for Jesus. Lord, as we celebrate Christmas today, as we exchange gifts, as we share meals as we visit the sick as we do whatever we will do today we want to thank you and bless you that we will understand that it was not only about the eating but it was about redemption You came on earth. And I love it God. Because you used to say. For this reason I have come. And yet you were born. So you were born indeed yes. But the truth is. You came on earth. As a little baby. One day. So that one day. One day one day one day. day, You could die. On a wooden cross. On a mount called Calvary. For my sin. For the sin of my brother, for the sin of my sister, so that we can be restored to God. We can be taken back to God. We want to thank you. We want to bless you. You may be in church today and you're saying, you know what? I think I need to make my life right. You know what? Truly, truly, I've never given my life to Jesus. It's just been church, church, church. But with what you have shared, Pastor, today, I want to make things right. I want to completely surrender to God. I want to give my life fully, fully, fully to Christ. With every eye closed. Every eye closed. If you are there right now and you're saying, I just want to surrender completely to the Lord. Lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. You can put those hands down. Church, I want you to follow. All of, all of you, follow me in this prayer. And say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. I want to bless your name. I want to glorify you. For you came that you be manifested in my life. Today I understand That I matter to you. That's why no amount of money could buy my life back. It had to be a ransom. And that ransom was the blood of your son. And today, I surrender all to you. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my everything to you. And Lord Jesus, I ask you, take full control of my life, take full control of my heart. I ask you, come into my heart, be my Savior, and be my Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen.